Hey y'all, quick note. While My Hero Academia was created for kids, this podcast is not safe for work or children. All trigger warnings and spoilers for each episode can be found at our website, myheroanalysis.com. Thanks for listening. Hey y'all, this is My Hero Analysis, a podcast about My Hero Academia, aka Boku no Hero Academia. We are three grown adults who mine Japanese children's cartoons for serotonin because God knows our brains aren't making it naturally. Hey y'all, I'm Fern and I am here. Yes, you are. <laughs> oh God, it's been it's been a time. Um, but I'm very privileged white collar worker who has a, a long weekend coming up. So thank God, because I need it. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Also, you're allowed to complain. <laughs> um, also, I keep changing up how I do the synopsis because I let's be real. August is an extended exercise in extreme torture. And if I don't rearrange the metaphorical furniture every few weeks and the literal furniture, I do a lot of actual furniture rearranging too. But if I don't do that every once in a while, um, my brain will take a nice little swan dive into the deepest pits of hell. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. changed things up again. Too bad for you. <laughs> yeah. And also listeners, when Fern says furniture rearranging, they mean the literal furniture, not the euphemism you might be thinking of in relation to moving furniture. I have no idea what you're talking about, but yeah, Moving. no, I, I said like physical, <laughs> literal furniture. I move yes. things around. Yes. And... Uh, m- <laughs> moving furniture is a euphemism for sex. As, oh, yes. no, I'm not doing that, but I am reasserting control over my environment by moving yeah. a bookcase a little bit to the left. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm Nicole, and I have spent, like, the last week or so just reading and filling my brain to the absolute brim with autism and dragons. So that's where I am mentally. Um, You know, dragons and autism go together. They do. do. Also, I really wanted to make a joke about how your brain is already full of autism. (laughs) Listen, you can you can just go right out outside into the hot weather, you butthead. You. It's actually you. really nice outside today. How dare you? T- <laughs> How dare? Um, oh, two more things. One, um, if y'all, if anyone is um like hesitant to read Fourth Wing because you're sure it won't live up to the hype. I also did not believe it would live up to the hype, but it was it was very great. It was very good. I enjoyed it. It was it was I won't say anything else, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> also, we are recording this on the blue moon and it just feels a little ominous. Not going to lie. Mm-hmm. The blue moon is in Pisces, so mm-hmm. I hope everyone has their <laughs> tissues prepared. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Don't forget, to, don't forget to make blue moon water and charge your crystals. Mm-hmm. I, I, do your self-care. I will do the things. Oh, my God. It Life makes some, a little bit more sense. <laughs> hey, y'all. It's Maria. And um, yeah, I really just need this Mercury Gatorade to stop and this blue moon and, you know, the casual uh, hurricanes that are building up on, on the, in uh-huh. the uh, ocean. 
Yeah. Um, I just needed to stop. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, every time I think things are going okay, boom, another thing's happened. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Uh, my car broke down again, Nicole, by the way. I don't no. know. No. <laughs> yep. In yep. the shop. Again. No. again. After a month of being in the shop. Yeah. I'm going to buy you a new car myself. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, on the plus side, I did get to see our Lord and Savior, Hozier, live. And it was everything I could have ever wanted and needed in my life. So yes. there was that. It sounds amazing. It was great. Loved it. But yeah, no. And this the universe needs to stop. It just needs to stop. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could use a break. There's like there's also like seven planets in retrograde, including Mercury right now. <laughs> yeah, there's too many. Too like, many. Stop. There's so many. <laughs> and also my moon is in Pisces. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're fucked. Thanks. I know. Oh God, you poor thing. <laughs> uh, so, what is your recording snack? What goodies are you self-medicating with? Uh, okay, today I sent a TikTok about it, and I did actually live up to it. Yes. Um, I have Coke and Takis with hot sauce and lime. Mm. Yes. Amazing. So, Sounds perfect. Yeah, I needed to burn my tongue before I actually like eat actual food because I I made dinner and and I also made lunch today I was really proud of myself amazing good job I was making fancy food I made like a potato hash and egg sort of thing for lunch Mm. and then I made I try listeners I am the awful Mexican that can't make Mexican rice in your defense you can make many many other Mexican dishes (laughs) So it's just this Mexican one thing that's so a voice play. It's so hard. I'm like I know all of the ingredients. Anyways, we're we're getting off topic. Um, but I also made um short ribs and red sauce. So mm. damn God, amazing. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I miss your cooking so bad. Uh one day. One day. Move to Chicago. It's too cold and I get too <laughs> sick. We have had this conversation eight thousand times. <laughs> and it goes the exact same way every time. Like, kill me. <laughs> I can go in the summer. It sounds good. Sounds good. Summer home. Um, yeah. Is there any news? Uh, well, there. I I think there's like new visuals floating around for both the fourth movie and the upcoming season, which is season seven. I think I don't even know anymore because August is hell and I have not paid attention to literally anything other than the manga, which Mm -hmm. is currently just the maximum amount of media that I can hold in my brain. I'm like watching no other TV. I'm barely reading any other books now. (laughs) <laughs> my brain hurts i am on the rom-com movie thing Ooh, that's where i'm at so yeah mm-hmm. i get it i'm like life is hard august is hard why why is august so hard it's because it's the worst month ever ever <laughs> summer is hell <laughs> i'm ready for a hot like a cider and like yeah. fall and pumpkins and all the fall things and spooky shit of course yes honey i have had two psls so far and i've had both of them hot instead of iced because i am that delusional (laughs) Uh, i i agree i need fall 
<laughs> oh lord okay so listeners fun fact i'm on zoloft and for a while i was like below the standard dose that you usually start with but i have since increased to the starting dose and yeah. the same day that i started the starting dose i also got a venti psl yeah guess what one Love of the it. side effects of zoloft is uh-oh <laughs> what what, what? Is uh gut troubles no! <laughs> <laughs> which explains why I've been having so many di- digestion issues this year when I've oh. like never had them before. It's oh. because of the Zoloft. It's because of the fucking Zoloft, you poor thing. <laughs> um, take uh, uh, digestive enzymes. Trust me. Yeah. Oh, I do. I do. And they I'm make- also like, I'm getting extra fiber. I'm doing, I'm doing the whole thing. We're managing. Well, welcome to my life. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I've always had uh, stomach issues. Like, Yes. Since I was in like high school, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maria has a very sensitive tummy. I have a lot of sensitive, a lot of things, <laughs> <laughs> including my mental health. But anyways. <laughs> anyways. Oh, Lord. So this week, this is a, this is an anime podcast, by the way. Uh, we're covering. Are you sure? We're covering episode 19 of My Hero Academia Season 3, Rescue Exercises, which in the manga is chapters 109 and 110. So I'm going to lead us through yet another butchered synopsis. And then <laughs> we do have a science corner this week. So Maria's going to do that. Um, and then Nicole will jump in for discussion topics, manga differences, and Easter eggs. And we will wrap things up as usual with our big spoiler section. So getting into the synopsis, it is exactly what it says in the title. So the dodgeball area has been turned into a major disaster zone, and it's time for the kids to demonstrate how good they are at rescue missions, because hero work is not just fighting. Um, And there there are people pretending to need rescuing, and they're grading the kids on various criteria, like having a soothing demeanor, checking for injuries before you move someone, efficiency, delegation, organization skills, etc., all that stuff. And then, just as the episode is about to end, plot twist! Gong Orca appears, pretending to be a villain who's there to fuck up the rescue mission. Yes, my husband. Um, but we will get to my husband. But also, <laughs> I, I just have to have to add how hilarious it was that near the beginning of the episode, like Hagakure took the time to explain what a bystander is and like a horikoshi please I I do not need a vocabulary lesson I did these notes right after we did our most recent catch the fuck up and my brain was not having it I was just like (laughs) Hagakure no love that well you know if you're 10 years old you might not know what a bystander is read more books children (laughs) Um, And some things of note that happened in this episode, some of which we'll discuss further in the discussion topics. So Ida mentions that this part of the test might have been inspired by the Camino Ward fight, which I don't know if that's implying that they didn't test for it before. I sure hope that's not the case. Um, But yeah, there were a lot of casualties the audience didn't get to hear about during that fight because, you know, the characters and thus the viewers were focused on Kasuki. As they should have been. Uh, but yeah, the bosses were like, oh, oh, yeah, it, it's not just about punching villains that these kids need to know how to do. We, sh- we should make sure that's in the test this time oh, around. Oh, Lord. 
Yeah, yeah, probably realized that these kids were might have to be sent out as rescuers. Maybe. Yeah, cough, cough, <laughs> maybe. Cough, cough. Shocking. <laughs> um, also, Seiji, the meatball guy, uh, one of his classmates, who's the super tall, buff, hairy one, apologizes on his behalf for his behavior. So I just, I love that every school apparently has a monoma. Yeah, I, I also could not take him seriously because he's basically just cousin it. <laughs> His quirk is Bigfoot. <laughs> um, also, Inasa finally admits that he has beef with the Todoroki family, um, and he tells Shoto that he has, well, depending on the translation, either passionless eyes or the same eyes as Endeavor, and we'll get to it. Yeah, uh, probably the worst insult for poor Shoujo. Mm-hmm. Poor baby. Worst. 100%. That is not a good thing to hear. <laughs> also, poor Izuku gets teased about Kami, and poor Ochako gets angsty about Izuku. <laughs> yeah, the, the Ochako by panic, she, she's just quietly, silently panicking and agonizing this entire episode. I feel you, honey. Yeah. What a sweet I, girl. I think I'm I'm Ochako because yeah, <laughs> unfortunately because I've definitely done that more times than I can count. Oh, but yeah, poor thing. She really went through it. Yeah. Um. Also, Izuku is not good at comforting people, which is kind of <laughs> funny. But but like Izuku, girl, same though. Like people are impossible <laughs> to communicate with, especially when they're <laughs> screaming like that one little bitch was. Like stop. Yeah, and there's already so much going on. I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Understandable, but unfortunately, one day it will be his job to be good at that. So he's going to have to get better. Th- this is why I'm not a hero <laughs> or a healer or any of those other fantasy labels. I'm just like the one off in the corner. Yep. Vibing. Just Vibing. Vibing. <laughs> Um, also, there's just like some rando watching the test and he just like casually mentions that he's a Stain fan or something. Like, who is this person? We don't get an explanation for who he is. Also, why is he correct? <laughs> Are you referring to the guy who was talking to Meatball? Yes. Yeah, I think he's just like their teacher or their chaperone because we technically don't meet their chaperone like we do how Miss Joke is the other school chaperone. That's what oh. I always thought he was. Um, I also. Te- that makes sense because I was like, who the fuck are you and why are you here? It's like, why are you here and why do you look so terrified? Um, but also in the dub, he doesn't like say he's a fan of Stain or like that he's right in any capacity. He just says like he was correct in the way that the wider public is now viewing heroes. Uh, but yeah, he is correct. And mm-hmm. I feel like he should at least have a name. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. I can't remember if he actually said he was a Stain fan. I just, that might be editorializing on my part. Okay. <laughs> I gave <laughs> no, him the label of Stain anything. fan. He was just saying that he he made some good points. Yeah, And he did. He did. He did. Unfortunately, but fortunately. Yeah. Outside of the murder and the weird rants, there were, there were a couple good points thrown in there. And tongue. <laughs> <laughs> the tongue well some people consider the tongue to be a plus so <laughs> and y'all are horny <laughs> i love horny stain fans i know they're pissed, honestly the absolute best um also it's noted that the older kids are way better at rescue ops than class 1a um which makes sense because class 1a has a distinct lack of experience with rescuing anyone other than themselves 
Um, plus, you know, there's probably some sort of maturity factor at play too. I know there's not a huge age difference, but you know, that might come into play here and there. Um, but Momo and Shoji are awesome at rescue operations just naturally. And the rest of class 1A prove once again that they are great at learning on the go. So they are doing their best. Right, right. Fern made some excellent points. But the only thing I could focus on is that the Huck people, whoever they are, <laughs> the guys, they talk so fucking much. I was just like, shut up. Oh, my God. There was so much info dumping in this episode. And again, it's probably because like we had just done the catch the fuck up for like the upper 390s and i was just like why are you talking so much i already know but then I was like, oh, this is this <laughs> it's is because you've seen this episode 300 chapters times. ago <laughs> uh so yeah they do talk too much but like they are giving insight into a lot of the requirements that you need when saving people which is maybe a little bit important yeah it's, yeah, but- it's relevant we've just seen this episode 800 times it's relevant but also shut up i'm an adult why (laughs) why isn't this episode catered to me specifically um also kazuki yells at some of the fake injured civilians which is so fucking funny and he's of course just as bad at comforting as suzuku but in his own special little way yeah but also he's mad at being tone policed and it's the autism (laughs) i mean you also shouldn't yell at recently traumatized people that's not good I be, yeah. they were fine <laughs> i can yeah, but see he's, where he's coming from but they're grading him as if this is a real scenario like but they weren't even bleeding <laughs> but still he should have he shouldn't have yelled at them yeah like on the job if he had done that he really could have caused some damage okay well fine <laughs> me and katsuki <laughs> would just be over in the autism corner angry <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then lastly, Gong Orca's presence is there to make the kids choose whether to fight or protect. But I have a feeling that when we record the next regular episode that we'll have more to say then. Yes, but also my husband has yes. arrived. Finally, he is here with his dramatic stance. I had to take a thirst break of my own for this angsty large man with his silly little tie. I love him so much. He's great. Once I got over the tie, because, okay, y'all, I was, I think I've mentioned this before. I was convinced that that the tie was his tongue. (laughs) I hate the tie. But then I saw him out of uniform and I was like, yes, that's a sexy man. (laughs) Yes. Yes, he is. And that's it. Yay. It's time for Maria's Science Corner. Yay. Yay. I haven't had one of these in a while. So, Hair Boy, I don't remember his name. And honestly, it's not important. So... (laughs) His quirk, what is interesting, but I also feel like it would be annoying as fuck. Just the amount of hair product he probably has to use and the cost is like more than likely a small fortune. Just thinking about how much my stuff costs. Maybe it's like um, animal hair and as long as you brush it regularly, it's like self-maintenance and then you only have to wash it like every once in a while. Well, they did mention that it gets tangled very easily, so... (laughs) So no. So well, no. you know, that could be solved by like regular brushing and stuff. Well, sure. We'll go with that. Maybe. I don't know. Just, I just I, hope that for his sake. I do too, but I don't think so. I feel like not. Yeah. <laughs> um. So now on to the science. 
Um, so the hair growth is probably due to excessive cell death of skin cells and the overproduction of keratin. So keratin is a protein that is found in hair, nails, and skin, and it makes up about 95% of hair. So I assume he probably has to take like keratin supplements to maintain the strength of the hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and keratin is produced naturally in the body, but the speed at which normal hair grows is about an inch, maybe a every two months depending on the person i think so yeah so hair uh, yeah so hair boys hair production is extremely expediated um so that means that the enzymes that make his hair are working at like a hundred times the speed of a normal person's um so it would explain why his hair grows so quickly and now as for the manipulation of the his hair it's probably is because unlike normal hair which we can't really do jack squat about and it makes me angry um he probably has some nerve endings attached to the base of his hair allowing Mm. him to manipulate it however he wants all in all it just seems like a bitch and a half to deal with ouch i don't like that you're welcome (laughs) that sounds like it hurts 24 7 all the time Mm -hmm. i know Mm -hmm. i would not well, we already have like blood vessels attached to our hair. So I would assume that on top of that, it would also be the nerve endings. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it don't just like seems it. like a lot of work. A yeah. lot of work. Yeah. So much work. Mm. Too much to deal with. No, thank you. Yeah. My, my hair is already enough. Like I can't imagine it being all over my body. No, yeah, God. No, no thanks. Yeah, right. That's the end. Okay. I love science, even when it's hairy. Oh, <laughs> hairy science. <laughs> All right. So discussion topic. So we're going to start with Izuho Dryptoria. And I hate that you made me read that a lot. <laughs> I loved it. I started laughing so hard when I read that. Yeah. So what is it? I think it's a Hanta, um, or sorry, Saro, Denki, and Mineta. I think we're all teasing um, yeah. Izuku um, about Kami. And like, you know, the boys being gross teenagers is annoying. Um, but it's also hilarious that they're assuming Izuku. Izuku is like some kind of quirked up straight boy with a little bit of swag, busting it down sexual style, go to with the sauce, when in reality, he is a silly, awkward, queer ass mega virgin. He is the exact opposite of everything they're assuming. Um, <laughs> and yet he still has the Riz somehow. Mm-hmm. He specifically has the Tism Riz. Um, but, but for real, the whole time they were like yelling at him and slapping him. Um, he was really just like, why are y'all yelling at me? I don't understand. Yeah. He was like, why did you assume that I lost my virginity during this fucking exam? Do you even know me? Like, he's so confused. He's just trying to get this test over with. That's his only priority. He's like, what? No, wait, what? He's literally just trying to get his license. <laughs> Everybody keeps yelling at him and or being naked around him. <laughs> oh, poor, poor boy. Anyway, away from Izuho, which, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move along to the Help Us Company. Yeah, this is the perfect job. Where can I apply? I want to get paid to dress up in Halloween makeup and bitch and moan and complain while sitting sitting around and doing very little. Okay, see, now when you point put it like this, instead of me being angry at them for talking too much and being little bitches, I would 
like to be the little bitches. I would mm-hmm. like this job. Thank you. Um, yep. No other job will do now. Yep. I would also love to do this. I just want to hackle people for doing a shitty job and get paid for it. Yep. 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 That's it. That's all we want. Yep. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like it would be a good little side hustle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we do not have Huck in this world. Horikoshi. Uh, how dare. How dare. So we will move along instead to how Izuku is bad at comforting people, mostly because he's a child, but <laughs> suspending that disbelief. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting that like his empathy and desire to help are precisely what make him lack this like soothing aura, kind of like what Toshi has. Um, although in his defense, it is difficult to have an aura as soothing as your average himbo's. Like, I don't know why they feel so safe to be around, but they just do. It's the non-toxic masculinity. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But also, uh, to be a little sad about it, uh, he hasn't had the best interaction with being suited himself. Mm -hmm. If you look at the people around him, before he was a quirkless child, and people pretty much overlooked him, and after he got his quirk, however... He was now super powerful and everyone assumed he was okay because he has a quirk to protect him now. And it's like super strong. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. How dare you make me cry over Izuku? I'm I'm sorry. I'm not crying over Izuku. (laughs) I had this thought thought and I was like, I can't keep this to myself. Y'all need to suffer with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good point too, though. Yeah, he really doesn't have much experience with being soothed. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, I do also think it's interesting that Izuku doesn't really get better at this, or at least not better at doing it intentionally, um, or at least not in, like, the traditional sense, because, like, he becomes more confident and capable, which gives him this, like, certain charisma that could potentially help someone feel safe, Um, but in the manga, at least so far, he really only has two modes when he's doing hero stuff. He's either a terrifying demigod or a pathetic, woeful baby bunny. Yes, that is that is correct. But also he does have a sub mode of the baby bunny, wherein he is actually a panicked little bunny who is grabbing everyone around him and just sprinting out of the way. Um, That's true. Season six. <laughs> yeah. I still haven't watched, finished watching season six. Oh my oh, God, girl. <laughs> You're missing out on some really good animation. Yeah. Um, I'll do it eventually. <laughs> after season seven starts <laughs> don't call me out like that <laughs> that being said in some of the sketches horikoshi's been putting out lately um izuku definitely has more of like that sparkly ultra confident like toshi-esque vibe um and he is like super adorable and inspirational and soothing when he's not actively trying to be so like maybe he gets better at doing it intentionally when his life stops being so awful <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he he had to he had to grow his self-confidence which mm-hmm. he was focused on other things at first i guess yeah in his defense he's got a lot to focus on yeah <laughs> he, he doesn't really have time for everything as much <laughs> as he would like to all right so now we're going to move along to the the, the bulk of these notes oh, God. and <laughs> i'm so excited uh, we're going to talk about inasa's comment about shoto's eyes yeah, it's just barely related to that. Um, I apologize, y'all. 
So it's once again time for Fern to preach to the choir, because uh, I can't help but rehash information that our listeners already know, simply because I must express my feelings via rant, or else I take that swan dive into the deepest pits of hell that I was talking about. Um, and yes, there will be links. Um, you know, I, I got those receipts, and... <laughs> This is sort of kind of related. Um, y'all, people on the internet lie or spread unsubstantiated rumors like all the time. And mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons that we're always giving you links or like search terms so that you can look up stuff yourself and not just take our word for it. Never, ever, ever take our word for it, please. No, please don't. Especially mine. Um, Fern and Maria <laughs> are much smarter than I am. Well, so, we still yeah. get stuff wrong all the time. So yeah. yeah, but you're still smarter than me. So listeners, if you're going to listen to anyone, listen to them first. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all just smart in different areas. Well, sure, Thank if you want to be optimistic true. about it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I wanted to talk a little bit about microexpression and body language analysis, um, which for those who don't already know, it's um, looking for tiny facial or body movements, which can supposedly reveal a person's thoughts, emotions, or intentions, even if they're actively trying to hide them. Um, so a couple of examples, like if someone's, if someone's lip twitches while they're talking to you, that supposedly means they just lied. Um, or if someone furrows their brow for a split second, they're actually super annoyed with you and they hate you and they want you to drop dead right in front of them so they can escape the conversation. And everyone with social anxiety who's feeling a little called out right now, you're not alone. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. It's me. Also, the autism and the masking and the social cues. Yeah. All of it. All of it's there. I know they hate me. I really do. But also, no, they, they, don't, they don't. But we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they really don't. They really don't care. But it still hurts. I, yeah. I feel you. I feel you, Nicole. I'm I'm right there with you. <laughs> yep. Same. We are all in this incredibly stupid and unstable boat. Um, <laughs> stupid boat. <laughs> Such a it's, stupid boat. It's stuck in the canal again. Yep. Oh, they stuck. Oh my <gasps> god. Yeah. Every time you have an anxiety attack, just tell yourself boat stuck. <laughs> oh my god that's gonna work i know it is <laughs> oh god um but yeah so micro expression and body language analysis are really popular right now especially on social media because as you can probably guess uh we're all traumatized and anxious and paranoid and our faith in humanity has been obliterated in a million ways and, you know, we're all just, we just want that magic key, that magic little, little spell to perfectly understand every person around us so we can protect ourselves from harm. So that's, you know, why we're so interested in this in the first place. Um, unfortunately, microexpression theory and body language analysis are really flawed practices that don't give very accurate results um, for a few reasons. So one of them is, you know, while humans do rely heavily on like general visual cues to like make ed educated guesses about our environment and what we should do, and like that includes the people around us. But unfortunately, most of us are pretty bad at it. And by most of us, I mean like 99.9999999% of us are pretty bad at it. If you think you're good at it, you're probably not, unfortunately. You're not. You're not. <laughs> I, I will speak for everyone. I am terrible at it. As you can probably tell, it's like, yeah. you know. You probably think you're good at it, but then if we put you in a lab and actually tested it, you would be very disappointed by You would be, you would be very bad at it. <laughs> um, 
but yeah so like also another reason that we're not very good at it is because like these impulses that drive us to analyze people more closely like you know trauma neurodivergence the dire desire to protect ourselves um they're also what make us worse at it um yeah. so people who are anxious traumatized what have you we are demonstrably worse at reading body language like we've this has been consistently proven in independent studies um <laughs> we're worse at reading body language than people who don't suffer from all of those things also we tend to interpret everything more negatively um but then that anxiety that we still that we feel still pushes us to read body language more often so we do it more often and then we're wrong more often yeah and we, we just keep getting worse because practice makes not perfect in this yeah. one once you learn case. how to do something wrong your brain keeps doing it wrong and then unlearning how to do it wrong and then learn how to do it right takes significantly more effort yes yes why must you drag me i did not come here to be dragged <laughs> yeah yeah same like to be fair the anxiety makes me read into every little thing and i try mm -hmm. not to but still it's still, still it's just it's this compulsion yeah no for real like this is this is incredibly common um, also things to consider the ways that we feel, express and interpret emotions, um, both our own and other people's are highly influenced by the culture we grew up in, which includes all of these systemic inequalities and prejudices of that culture, like that makes its way into your brain. But then also, at the same time, the way that we feel, express and interpret emotions is highly influenced by our own unique experiences. Um, mm -hmm. so there's a cultural element and then like a unique experiences element. Um, and as I said, things like trauma and anxiety, uh, which make us bad at interpreting physical expressions of emotion also make us bad at expressing our own emotions in ways that are culturally appropriate or expected. So we can't interpret anyone else's signals and no one can interpret ours. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> yes also like the tism and the adhd sometimes it's just hard to express emotions like the average per person mm -hmm. um we where we could be happy it might just come off as the blank stare and uh -huh. dissociation is a thing yeah yep. yeah yeah yep. yeah neurodivergence the is much more common than we thought it was and it affects the way that you interpret and e express emotion yeah 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 <laughs> this, is, this is literally just everything I was reading about last week. Uh, oh, yeah. good. Cool. Yeah. I'll add that to the, um, I'll add that to the, uh, the links. Um, yeah. The, the book I read. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Basically, I'm just babbling. <laughs> basically nothing is consistent. Everything is a complex tangle of biological, cultural, and experiential influences. So good luck untangling all that every time you come in contact with a stranger. Um, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. For example, like there are a million ways, kind of like as Maria talked about, there are a million ways someone could ex physically express rage. Like some people scream and scowl, but some people go really quiet and blank faced. Some people might smile or laugh when they're angry. Um, other people cry. You could do any combination of the above, something different. Um, because even though all of these people are supposedly experiencing the same emotion, they're all actually experiencing something completely unique to them. And we're just slapping the same label on all of it for convenience's sake. And because if we didn't do that, we would never be able to communicate, period. So like, we got to find the middle ground. 
Um, but it does beg the question of like, if we can't even pin down what exactly rage is, like, how can we pin down the exact right way to express and interpret it? So it makes things more complicated. Yeah. Yep. So tying this back into the fucking episode. <laughs> it's hard. And Inasa is a poor little bee. Oh, yeah. He he made some mistakes. So microexpression and body language reading causes a lot of problems, both in the real world and in the my hero world. Um, So most often, the end result is that we just confirm whatever negative bias we already have against someone and then use that as justification to treat them poorly or ignore them, which is what happened with Inasa and Shoto. Um, but in more extreme cases, like that can lead you to dehumanize or criminalize someone for what you think is a good reason, but actually isn't a good reason at all. Um, especially because the people who are the worst at expressing and interpreting emotions are also the people who need the most social support. <laughs> yeah, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Me too. We should start a club. We I did. Know. It's called this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, in the, in the anime, some of the most obvious examples are Shoto, Shigi, and Toga. Um, there's other examples too, but these just, I just grabbed them off the top mm -hmm. of the stack. Um, so Shoto, obviously, he doesn't emote very well. Um, partially that might just be natural in inclination because neither of his parents are particularly expressive. Um, but also he's got a lot of childhood trauma. So Inasa labels him as cold and unfeeling. And honestly, probably the only reason Shoto didn't end up repeating his dad's cycle and living up to or living down to Inasa's expectations um, is because Class 1A accepted his weirdness and gave him the social support he needed anyway. Also, his physical attractiveness was also definitely a factor here, like even with people as accepting as Class 1A, like pretty people get more passes. That's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's Must unfortunate, be nice. but true. Mm hmm. Something to be aware of. Um, but Shiggy and Toga weren't so lucky, obviously. They looked really weird, had a lot of unsettling mannerisms. So Shiggy was ignored when he was a very vulnerable child and needed help, which gave all for one an opening to manipulate him. And then Toga, poor Toga, uh, labeled as a villain well before she did anything villainous. So, you know, eventually at that point, you just start meeting people's expectations because you have no hope of changing them. So, yeah, both of them were directly affected by this phenomenon. Um, but yeah, all of this culminates in Horikoshi's points that we use snap judgments to try to avoid harm. Um, but we actually usually just end up causing harm, which really sucks. Um, you know, we all want that magic key, that perfect understanding, but it just doesn't exist. Like, you know, we're just going to have to learn to accept that, yeah, we need social interaction to survive, but also social interaction has always involved risk and will always involve risk no matter what. And, you know, we're always going to need this thing that has the power to hurt us. But if we genuinely want to make ourselves and others safer, despite all of that, like if we want to reduce the risk that comes with social interaction, we need to do that by dismantling our prejudices instead of leaning into them. Yep. And also be vulnerable, even though it feels like you're dying. Yep. Yep. Learn how to communicate clearly with each person, you know, but that might be different for each person or it might be the same. Who knows? Um, stop assuming horrible things. Anytime something isn't going exactly the way you want or expect. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> uh, no, that was also a self call out. Trust me. <laughs> um, 
And if you're confused or unsure, it is perfectly okay to ask for clarification. And if the other person has a problem with that, that's their problem and not yours. Yeah, that was beautiful and amazing and perfect. Yeah, that took forever. I'm sorry, y'all. I had a lot to say. (laughs) You had a lot of very valid things to say, and you hooked it back into the property itself. So good job. You get an A+. I finally managed to do that. The first time I wrote this, I did not do that. And then I looked back at this, and I was like, no. (laughs) It's like, this this is just a blog post. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the internet really pissed me off these past couple weeks. So (laughs) y'all get to I feel that. (laughs) Yeah, y'all have to suffer the consequences. (laughs) They love to suffer. That's why they're here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So moving right along to the manga differences in chapter 109. Again, like, I feel like I've been saying this a bunch. There hasn't really been that many differences, Mm -hmm. like, that to be remarked upon. But in chapter 109, there is some dialogue that were that were given to some rando side characters. It was then switched to the, like, the 1A students. So it was, like better for characterization also shoto pulls a bakugo like both in the anime and the manga by calling inasa by one of his features instead of like a, a more appropriate hey you um <laughs> oh my god i did not notice that at all <laughs> yeah but basically he calls inasa crew cut in the manga and then in the anime at least in the dub he calls him hey you with the collar <laughs> uh, yeah i think it was like hey you with the like buzz cut in yeah. the subtitles yep yep oh god that's so fucking funny shoto that's not who you should learn communication skills from <laughs> listen they're both autistic they they mirror each other that's a thing 100 percent. and the, again they only share one brain cell oh they god do. <laughs> all right and then also um ochako is like literally bottling up her feelings in the manga it's just phrased a little different from how it is in the anime dub and like honey no that's not how this works you can't just ignore your feelings did you not just hear fern's diatribe yep yep you gotta you gotta let them out babe you know, at the very the... least go talk about it to your journal yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the epitome of my panic though uh-huh. yeah, like, I, I, I gotta <laughs> conceal don't feel i don't feel anything i'm fine oh poor baby okay anyway so moving along to chapter 110 the only difference i noticed was that like the rando audience member that may or may not be the other school's chaperone (laughs) um (laughs) who is sitting with meatball guy uh in the in the manga his haircut looks really similar to hitler's and they fixed it in the anime so that's good um (laughs) oh did he have like slicked down hair yeah yeah (laughs) um and also uh gong orca gets his like little character introduction at the end of 110 and he is quite literally very angsty about making kids cry he is the best man i love him so so much (laughs) i love him i need him in every chapter going forward we're not gonna get it because he's the word i won't say it but yeah I hope that, like, groups of kids that are just strange little weirdos like us, like, finally decide to collectively form, like, a little fan club. And they're like, we don't think he's scary. We think he's awesome. He's awesome and hot. But (laughs) They're also the same ones that are, like, big Bakugo fans. Yes. 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 They're just, like, the loud, scary ones. (laughs) Yep. They're like, oh, they're just like me, huh? (laughs) 
All right, and moving along to Easter eggs, we only had a couple before the big spoiler section. So number one, um, Izuku's comforting abilities, they don't necessarily get better <laughs> in his angst adventure. <laughs> he just becomes so mysterious that people just listen without questioning him. <laughs> yeah, it's more authoritative than comforting, but it does yeah, work. It, so. it works. <laughs> it's like more Batman instead of Superman, I guess. It's uh, sweet boy sweet sweet dumb boy talk about your feelings izuku anyway and then the second easter egg is that um shoji asked the grape bitch to like work with him during the little whatever they're doing i don't even know rescuing people yeah exercises yeah <laughs> um and 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 you know you know that vinetta was fucking stoked to yep. work with his octopus man yep Yep. No, I, I fucking hate this. I was trying to read the, the big spoiler section and then I just uh -huh. glanced at it and I was like, no. Yes. <laughs> you saw the word by Netta and just blacked out. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we are going to move on to the big spoiler section, which again is anything that has not yet been animated up to season six, I guess. I don't there's know. More or less, yeah. There's so much happening. Anyway, so we're going to talk about Ochako's jealousy. So if you if you if you have not watched everything, go go to bed. Bye. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> They're listening at seven a.m. Go to bed. <laughs> They're like, okay, <laughs> gladly. Oh man, but yeah, I know this isn't accurate. But now that we know Cami is actually pretending to be Cam Toga is pretending to be Cami. Good God. Um, it's hilarious to me to pretend that Ochako was so upset because some part of her like subconsciously recognized Toga. And we know now that even from the moment she first met Toga, she thought she was kind of cute and had a pretty smile. So I bet she was like, why is my girlfriend flirting with him, but not me? But then also being confused about why she's so upset because it's yep. all subconscious. Yep, 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 yes. This is this is also my headcanon now. Um, she's like, why are my two crushes flirting with each other and not me? I must bottle up all these feelings because I don't know what to do with them because I'm a child and also therapy is not a thing. And so therefore, <laughs> I must become the best out of everyone here, including Deku, the literal fucking demigod. Um, so <laughs> then after that, they will both flirt with me instead and not each other. Haha, -ha, I win. Ochako wins forever and is which rich. is hilarious because no Yuzuku chocolate, wasn't yeah. even flirting but you know that's how she interpreted it yep yep yep, yep. <laughs> oh these poor baby these, ochako uh, uh -huh. these poor dumb babies and the reflections of ourselves that we see in them pickles yep. pickles <laughs> has been barking this whole fucking time i'm sorry <laughs> i didn't hear anything <laughs> and now i now now yep. i hear <laughs> <laughs> she's been going the whole time she can sense our our distress yep <laughs> she can sense how sweaty i am anyway so final comments i'm so sweaty uh i can't believe the power went off on me it was so <laughs> rude what the fuck yeah i know there was there's no thunderstorm going on outside what the fuck uh lord uh, knows infrastructure is a mess i was about to say our infrastructure is not good so it's not good <laughs> a very high point to end the episode on 
Yes, it's wonderful. Everything's amazing and not terrible at all. This has been my hero analysis. You'll hear us again soon. And in the meantime, go beyond plus ultra, thirst responsibly, and go vote, I guess. Bye. Thanks again for listening. Theme music is The Happy Cowboy by Gary the Canary, remixed by Fern. If you'd like to submit questions, fan art, or bonus episode topics, visit our website at myheroanalysis.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Tumblr, and YouTube under at myheroanalysis. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Bye, (laughs) y'all.